I just went to hit record, and instead I hit the power button on the thing. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Chili's got his Barbie dolls on display here. <laughs> well, what's going on, gentlemen? Uh, everybody, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. I know it seems like it's been a while since we've sat down in the studio. Krista's not with us. She's out gallivanting somewhere. Yeah. It's just me, Chili, and Blake today. This is the 307 Podcast uh, presented by 307 Project. You might be asking yourself if this is your first time tuning in, what the crud is 307 Project? Well, it's a podcast and it's a training company. We run missions in the backcountry called the Basic Course. We also run advanced missions for students that graduate the Basic Course. We also have something called the Proving Grounds, and we also have a program called Nuff Said Running. We do all kinds of stuff, man. You do a little. You dabble in some speaking too, don't well, you? Well, I dabble in a little bit of speaking every now and then, but um, authoring some books. You know, my passion is teaching people, teaching the right people, right? People that care about learning and becoming better, uh, which these days is getting harder and harder to find. But by gosh, we've been blessed because, you know, I got to thinking about it over the last two years. I think we've trained. Like over two hundred and fifty people, yeah, haven't had a single dissatisfied customer that I know of. At least not any that reached out and told me so. Yeah, good gosh almighty, there's Brooke. Um, so that's what Three Seven Project is. Check us out at Three Seven Project dot com or NuffSaidRunning dot com. All right. This podcast is what we call a comms check. By the way, I'm about to add a new segment to the 307 podcast bum, for bum, you guys. Bum. Yeah, I'm about to add a new segment. The one-minute talks with Chad. I'm about to add those to the 307 podcast. Um, just to give you guys some short-form stuff that you can listen to. They're only going to be a minute or two long and just give you a thought-provoking type of message that you can dwell upon for the day brooks blowing me up um is that a new segment or a new podcast no that'll be a new segment okay. on the 307 podcast new episode time yeah oh, so, okay, so yeah. we so have new... we have the comms checks yeah which is just us the team 307 project team all right then we have the full length interview style mm. shows which we we're going to record one of those later today that'll come out next sunday probably and then We'll have these one minute with Chad segments. So we'll have three different segments on the three or seven podcast. Got it. Cause some people, you know, it's, it's weird, man. People, there are listeners that will listen to the comms checks, but they don't like the interviews. There are people that love the interviews and they won't listen. And so this will add another segment to people that, Hey man, maybe you don't have a long commute to work every day. Uh, maybe, you know, you're not a runner, which you should be if you're not, and you don't have these yeah. these times to listen to these long one-hour shows. It'll give you something quick to listen to. So that's my plan for it. I don't know. What do you think about it, Chili? You think that's a good idea? Well, I mean, that's awfully short for a podcast. Yeah. I mean, well, you know what I like? I like, I like just thought, like some deep thought-provoking content and then let me do the thinking on it yeah and within a two-hour podcast there's so much in there 
that you can pick from to think on. You actually can't process all of the value that a two-hour podcast has to offer you because it's too much. Mm-hmm. If someone shares their story, like you might pull something out of it, but you've got to listen to two hours of it. And for some people, they like that. But for me, I would just rather get down to it and like let's talk about one minute of things and then let me think think on it. Like you know, whether it's scripture or a hot topic going on and providing some answers to it or something and then it gives me something to think on throughout the day because you get a lot of i mean everybody gets a fair amount of thinking time whether it's just in the background or whatever but maybe not time that you can actually sit down and listen to something and hear it yeah um we're going to talk about a few things on the show today i think i want to talk about first of all i'm going to tell you guys a story then we're going to talk about what we have determined the necessary ingredients to be successful in business or entrepreneurship are. And then we might close it up with um, y'all Y'all see a lot of people making excuses these days. We may talk a little bit about why it's not good to make excuses for every freaking thing that challenges the way you think. I'll tell you a story real quick. Uh, my wife, Brooke, was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ about five days ago. And she gave me, she, she, she told me a profound thing. What led her to uh, the choice to be baptized? She said, you know, I came to the realization that I could not will myself into a relationship with Christ. I can't, I can't will myself into it. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's a, that's a pretty deep thought right there. Because I think you guys all know Brooke's been on the podcast many times, and she is straight, straight up front with you that she has struggled with faith in Jesus, that she struggled with faith in general for quite a long time. It's something that she wants but I think the way she explained it to me is the way she's been approaching it is for some reason I, I can't grasp faith. I can't understand Christ. I can't believe in Christ, but I can't believe in him because I'm not doing something right or I'm not doing something that I should be doing. In other words, she's been seeking what what can I what can I do? What do I need to do in order to make this connection with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of you guys may be in that place where you think, "Well, I just can't quite get it because I'm not reading Scripture enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not doing. I'm not going to the church building enough. I'm not doing this or that, right?" <clears throat> well. You know, Scripture, we talked about this on, on Resurrected the, the other night, and it's, um, it's uh, really something that I think I wrestle with and Chili wrestles with, too. I don't know about Blake. Blake doesn't think too deeply about stuff. but um, Come on, man. <laughs> Nobody really knows much about me. It's true. Um. Essentially, Scripture tells us that 
all things, including our ability to believe in Christ, all things come through him and by him. In other words, if you can if you can even believe in Christ, it's because he's drawn you unto him, right? Mm-hmm. It's tough. This is a tough concept to struggle with because then you also have to take into consideration pursuing Christ, asking, seeking, knocking, those things. But ultimately, your faith in Christ is it comes through him. It's given to you to given by to him. You. That's right. And Jesus mentions it many times in scriptures. In John 6, 37, he says, All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. And he that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. And then I read John 17, where Jesus is praying for his disciples, right? And in seven verses, seven verses, verse 6 through 12 in John 17, Jesus says five times, all whom you, God, have given to me. He acknowledges that all of the people, all of us that follow him, have been given to him by God the Father. That that goes down in some ways. The concept of predestination, I think, is what people call it, but I think it's more complex than that, than just labeling it as the concept of predestination. But, yeah, man, so Brooks said, I can't will myself into a relationship. I'm not, the barrier between me and Christ is not being caused by something that I'm not doing or that I'm doing wrong. She identified that, and then she said, well, what what can I do? Um, and she said, well, I know Christ asks me to be baptized. I can be baptized. Mm-hmm. And so she chose to do that. And, man, I just felt a huge weight lifted off of, um, off of our family and off of her when that happened. And it was absolutely amazing to see it, you know. And I'll share one more thing with you. You ask yourself, well, if all if all people are essentially, if all things come through Christ, including faith, is it worthwhile to pray for lost people? Is it worthwhile to pray for unbelievers, people that you might know and love or people that you might hate or dislike? Is it worthwhile to pray for them? Well, I will testify that I think it's probably one of the most worthwhile things that you can do or spend your time on in prayer. If you ever if you ever sit down to pray at night and everything's going good and you just think, I don't really have anything to pray about. I suggest you do two things. One, just thank the Lord and glorify him and praise him. Two, pray for someone that you know that is lost. Literally beg Christ to reveal himself to them. It works, man. Jesus actually did this in Scripture. 
in John chapter 17, when Jesus was finished praying for his disciples, he goes on and he's praying now for unbelievers. And he says, I do not pray for these alone, my disciples alone, but also for those whom will believe in me through their word, my disciples' word. Um, so he actually prays for unbelievers, for those that are lost at that current time and who will eventually believe. So I want to testify, you should pray for unbelievers and you should beg Christ to reveal himself to those people. And it works, man. So I just wanted to share that story with you. And I think that thought that Brooke had was, uh, was very freeing for her to realize, wow, I, I'm, I'm doing everything I can, but it's, it's not really, that's not really what's, that's not really the barrier here. Mm -hmm. Did she find uh, closure with that? I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Yeah, I think coming to that realization definitely gave her, uh, like, lifted a weight off of her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it did. I think it's a perspective or it, it's a shift in perspective is what it is. And, like, it all, it's always the same, but the way that you view it becomes differently. And so, it, it just like she said, it's nothing that that she can do. Uh, it's like the relationship with God is not trying to get to a point of having the relationship. It's like that is doing what you know how to do. That is the relationship with God. And it's like she was trying to get to a point to say, okay, now I'm here and I can start this relationship, yeah, right? So she right. was like trying to get to that point when really it all along, it's, it's like you never get to the point. People say you're saved, but... You could ask, are you continually being saved? Can you say that you are actually saved and it's done or that it's something that goes on continuously throughout your life? You know, what a, what a lot, and what happens in a lot of these, if, if we're having this conversation, I think what a lot of people will think is, well, Chad if, or Blake or Chili, if you're saying that all things, including our faith, come through, and by Christ and are given to us, what's the point in working? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you what, want to get into that? Yeah, I mean, what's the point in working? Because th this this is an age-old question <sighs> ever since the very beginning of Christianity. Scripture, in my opinion, gives us the, the answer to that. Be Paul had the this exact same conversation with the Corinthians. He had this because they said the same thing. Well, Paul, you're saying essentially we're, we're called unto Christ by Christ. So how do our how like how do our works play into this and in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10 Paul says, "But by the grace of God I am what I am. But by the grace of God I am what I am." So in that statement Paul saying, "It all started with him that made me what I am." And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. All right, so now he's talking about works. Not I, but the grace of God which was in me. We labor 
by way of God's grace. We are able to work because of grace. If you are seeking Christ, even in the early stages of your faith, if you are seeking Christ, understand that that is by the grace of Christ that you are even seeking him. It all points right back to him. You have to really think about this, man. So our works, our works are a result of grace. Your very ability to have the inclination to seek him is by his grace. Mm-hmm. Wow. Get that, son. Wrap your head around that. Well, this whole discussion is so complicated and I would love to add more because I have so many thoughts and so many questions, but it's, it's, it, well, it doesn't just scrape up to it exceeds my already severely limited intellectual capacity that it, you can't even begin to even talk about it coherently really. But to me, I always come back to, and I hate saying these words because I don't know how to say them, but sola gratia and sola fide by grace alone through faith alone, right? That's, I mean, that's the gospel, that's salvation, right? When you look at, you know, some of these deep soteriological questions, it's like, okay, by grace alone, that's what we're, that's what we're told. I'm not saying that's easy to understand for everybody, but that's fairly easy to understand to me in in a way by grace alone. I couldn't be saved without the grace of Mm -hmm. God sending his son, right? I, I, I couldn't do it on my own. Got it. Through faith alone is more complicated to me because then you have to ask the question, okay, well, where does that faith come from? Faith alone through faith alone. So I do have to do something. It's not, I mean, it's just grace alone, but I also have to have faith. So but your ability to do okay is is by God is supplied by the grace of God. Correct. That's that's hard to wrap your mind around. Well, man. it's hard to wrap your mind around too because through faith alone, okay, how am I this wretched sinner incapable of nothing? How am I capable of even having faith? How am I capable of even having the faith I need? Well, you're not. God has to give it to you. Okay, then does God not give it to some people? Because not everybody has it. Not everybody has that faith. So if that's the question, and he, you know, then and God hasn't get God has to give it to you for you to have it. And some people don't have it, so that means he hasn't given it to them, or it means he tried and they rejected it. I, you know, it's like you have to piece it together in so many ways. It's like it's so. I mean, I don't know, because to me that that could make sense. That okay, he has given whatever was necessary to everybody, but the ones that don't have it, it's not because they weren't given to them. It was because they rejected it. That, that, so that is the one that is that the scripture says there's one sin that cannot be rejecting it for forgiven. And that is the rejection of that yeah. grace. Right. And, and so that, I think that is the moment the the singular moment that free will comes into play is Jesus supplies the grace to even give you the inclination to seek him, right? 
but you are your heart is so hard or you are so stubborn that you reject that grace that supplies you with the ability to even begin the process of knowing him it's that singular moment where free will comes into play that that's my understanding of it well and you take someone in brooks position that feels like she doesn't have the relationship that she feels like is she wants and is needed or the faith that she wants or is needed but she's seeking it it's almost like well you may not feel a certain way but you have i mean you, you are seeking it like you can't do anything else oh yeah it's all been part of the process the whole yeah. process has been part of her own process but You're i exactly get her right. but i get her line of thinking i mean i get it it makes total sense cuz you you sit there if someone who is seeking a relationship with jesus asks you well, how do I have a relationship? Well, it, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, you can tell them like how, you know, what you have to do. And I, but then it's like, I don't feel any different. What do you mean? Like, you, I don't. You know what will probably. That's what people would say. You know, it's like, well, I don't feel any different. Yeah. Like, I, How am I supposed to feel? Mm-hmm. What's supposed to. Well, see, this whole idea that Brooke shared with me, the revelation that she had, which, again, I think that revelation was supplied to her her in her heart by the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Um, I don't think she could have come to that conclusion on her own. And so that's why I call it a revelation, essentially, uh, and not her own understanding. But her revelation has impacted me in terms of how I would answer the question you just asked. Sure. Uh, when if someone comes to me and says, "How do I how do I start or how do I begin <laughs> try a relationship with Christ?" Like this, you, has you already, in, you're, 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 doing you're already there. You're doing it. You're doing it exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're exactly right. For for you, it's the grace of God that has allowed you to even pose that question. Yeah, and and some people. I think it's their pride, it's their sinful nature that they grasp onto won't get to that point. Exactly. And you have to recognize the difference, not to build yourself up, but you have to recognize your, the difference in someone who is a com- completely rejecting it, scoffing at you, and you just trying. I mean, it, that's almost what it is, is the attempt. Because, because to even attempt it, you have to die to yourself a certain degree. Yes. And I think we conflate, and now this may be an issue of semantics, which I don't like to get into those types of discussions, but we conflate the meanings of belief and faith. And it's like two different things. You're sitting there thinking like, well, I have a hard time believing, you know, it's like this belief. It's like, I know I'm supposed to believe this. And yes, that's a part of it. I I, I think it'd be hard to say it's not, but the relationship side, the faith side is more of something that you choose to commit yourself to and, and 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 just try just seek seek it out and I, I don't know what I'm trying to say but it's it's like it's uh it's like the effort is what is required nothing more what's the it's the ask seek knock right, right I mean right. you ask you realize you want this so God's given you that prompting that yeah. desire, so you ask for it, you seek. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's seeking. So you read the Word of God, you hear from Him, and He gives you faith. And then you knock, and that is the 
like yeah. the the okay i understand this you've given me enough to kind of wrap my hands around it and now i want it when i think you can get hung up on well i have a hard time believing this i have doubts or whatever well it's like yeah you can't believe on your own seek you know i, I mean that that's my answer to that i don't know it's very interesting yeah well i think people have to realize that there are no christians there are nobody that doesn't have doubts that doesn't have question things that doesn't have disbelief at times you know i think that's what a lot of new or young christians want to get to they they see people that have been following jesus for a long time and they think man i want to get to where that person's at because the, i guarantee you they don't have doubts i'll tell you i have doubts sometimes i have moments of disbelief i have moments where i where i rethink my salvation and say am i even doing this right have i misunderstood this all along and so don't think you ever get rid of all that stuff mm -hmm. those questions and those thoughts that you have that's just part of it yeah that's just part of being human and let me say, too, because I think this is really important when you're having a discussion like this, and this may not resonate with other people who, didn't, who don't have a background like I do, but I've been around believers my entire life, and, and you see especially young kids who grow up in the church, you know, as a part of the church, as a part of the Christian community, if you want to call it that, there's this sentiment, man, and, and you, if you didn't grow up in this way, you may not understand what I'm talking about or think it's a big deal, but there's this idea that you don't question things, and if mm -hmm. you have some, you do not vocalize it. Like, that is a, a sin, that's a problem, you don't do it. And then there's no, dis, there's no room for discussion, there's no room for scrutiny, you know, and, and if you have a belief system that you cannot question the validity of if you can't put it under scrutiny then it's i don't you, you don't you're in a a cult i mean a weird thing yeah. because that's the beauty of of when you are seeking like this you only grow in your faith whenever it it survives the scrutiny exactly like if it can't be questioned well then you just i mean what even is it it's just, it's just, it's meaningless. It's not, you don't know what it is. You don't know why it's, it's, you believe it. It. I think that's a problem. And I think people that grow up in this way, like I'm talking about, some of you may resonate with that. You know, you confront some issues later and they're like, what the crap? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a problem. I think if, if we didn't make it taboo to struggle or to have questions, I think people would, would, have a lot easier time with mm -hmm. some of this. I and think it part of that is is where the Bible talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling, like asking questions and and working it out. And out of you know fear, I would say like out of respect or out of deep concern that this is something that you want. That's out of the fear and trembling. Like man, I've got to get this right. I've got to work this out because. I want this for my life. And so I'm going and so those questions you have, yeah. I think that plays into, you know, or that you're talking about. Yeah. That plays into working it out with fear and trembling. And there's an element to realizing in that process that you can't figure it out. 
once again, coming back to mm-hmm. grace alone. Yeah. That's, well, that's one been one beautiful thing about Brooke's journey. She ain't afraid to question nothing. She's gonna question everything to me, every that's, step of the way. That's such a good and, thing, and it's got to it's got to to withstand. Yeah, that scrutiny, and well, it will, and it oh, le- yeah. well, and it led her to this point where, exactly. whereas if she didn't, would it have led you to a point where you were? F- yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That I think that's why Brooks. You know, for me, well, not only because Brooke's my wife, but to see, but to be able to baptize her was so impactful to me for many reasons. But one of the reasons is I know her well enough to know she's not going to do something like that unless, unless she's all, she's got to be, she's got to be all in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's, she's got to had put it through her own scrutinizing mind yeah and and it comes out the other side like pure gold and that's the only way she's going to partake in it yeah but since then has i mean have you i know it's been recent but have you seen like difference in the way she thinks about things or approaches things or is it is it just kind of too new to well i mean i think it's just just now the beginning of yeah for for brooke and um yeah, I I just have have the the spiritual discernment of a heaviness that has been lifted, and just mm-hmm. to see that, just to see some evidence of the work that is being done, yeah, through Christ in in my family, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing, yeah. right now. Well, that's I mean I can deal with any amount of mistakes, any amount of shortcomings. As long as I know someone has a genuine desire to want to get it right, yeah, I don't care if you mess up everything. <laughs> if you have a genuine like, man, th- I, this is really, I know I'm screwing it up, but this is really all that I, I can give. I, the, <laughs> what I'm saying is the result means absolutely nothing to me. The, the, as long as you're putting the effort in and you genuinely care and want it, that, I, I can deal with you for the ages. That pose is such a uh, such a question, man. Brooke asked me the other day. She said, "Do you think do you think a homosexual could go to heaven?" <laughs> and I thought, you know, you can't. You, I cannot no. make that determination because by way of what you just said. You cannot see. You you have no discernment. Yeah. Uh of the depths of that person's heart. Yeah. We also need to ask more questions like what what do you mean? What well, homosexual If someone living a homosexual lifestyle if they were taken off of this earth. Yeah. Um in a car accident or something. In the it, midst of them In the midst of them yeah. in that lifestyle. It is it a possibility? That they could meet Christ in heaven, and and receive eternal life. You you cannot. Seems like it is to me. It possible. seems like it is possible to me too. It's it, now. It also uh, seems like it is not possible. Yeah, a, a year I mean, a, a year ago, I would have said, "Heck no, there's no way." Mm-hmm. But it is. I believe. I truly believe it hinges on the posture 
of that person's heart, it, which I cannot discern. Only mm-hmm. Christ can discern that. That's why. That's why I can't answer that question. I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you my my opinion on it. Is that a safe? Is it is it safe to live a lifestyle of yeah. being an alcoholic or? Or being a drunkard, or a, a homosexual, or being a, a habitual liar, or or is it is that a safe lifestyle? No, I wouldn't. I I, I wouldn't live that lifestyle. Uh, but I but if you're asking me the question, is it a possibility that any one of those people living a life of per, a lifestyle of perpetual? Yeah. Uh, I, Sin. I, 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 but yeah. Look, man. I believe it hinges on the posture of the person's heart. I, I really do. What you're saying is you're not the judge. You're I am not, not the judge. That's exactly right. And, I and, cannot answer that. And I mean, I don't want to speak in absolutes here, but that's why that's what gets so misinterpreted all throughout Scripture is when it talks about judging others. Mm-hmm. What that means is you're not God. You're not the judge. Yeah, you can't <laughs> judge somebody. It doesn't mean. You don't tell a homosexual that asked you or whatever that yeah that's a sin. That don't that's not what that's saying. Mm-hmm. It's saying you're not the judge of their salvation. That's what it's yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Everybody makes judgments of what they think about an issue or whatever. That ain't that what it means. Mm-hmm. It means if if someone were to ask you, hey, do you think that person's going to heaven? And you say yes or no, you're in the wrong. Yeah, because you're not the the judge. Of that, the high judge, what God? I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. All you can tell them is what what yeah. the Bible says. I mean, that's yeah. all you can. That gets so do. misinterpreted, but yeah. But well, I think people's lifestyles and your works are not. I know that they are not what gets you into or out of heaven, but they are. They are an evidence, reflection. They are evidence and reflection mm-hmm. of the posture of your heart. Exactly. So if that person is. It's like loving life. I'm still not judging, but I'm saying this this reflects the posture of their heart. If they're like loving life, hmm. embracing it, and like, look at this. I love being homosexual, and let me tell you about it. Let me, you should do this too. Hmm. Then does that tell you something about the posture of their heart versus them being like, man, I'm I'm struggling with this. I know it's not right. I'm trying to break this in my life, and and I'm I'm working through this. That tells you about the posture of their heart. I'm still not saying one or the other would go to heaven, but what I'm saying is that people's actions and works, a tree is known by its fruits. Whether a tree produces one fruit or it's dead, the tree is known by the fruits that it produces. So what what is it producing and what are they displaying should mm-hmm. show you. Well, I and, and I think it, I I think it depends. Yeah, there's a there's a again. I think we could carry on with this for a long time. I yeah. think I think that Paul Paul sums it up best in the verse I read from First Corinthians. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Mm-hmm. That in that entails everything. That should tell you that you are actually powerless over sin. That should tell you that you don't even have the ability the the enough righteousness to even judge yourself that should tell you that you you don't even have anything in you that is enough to get you to believe in Christ like that's that's everything all encompassing but but by the grace of God I am everything that I am 
So someone, whatever I am. So someone struggling with this, if they were to ask, well, how am I? Basically, when does that start? These are all soteriological questions, like we said, salvation questions. Well, when does it start? Does it just simply start when you start seeking? I mean, that's the beginning. Like when when the posture of your heart changes, right? I mean, that's yeah. You answered that earlier, yeah. But but, but that I'm sitting here thinking. So many people ask too. Can you lose it? Can you lose yours? Can you be saved and then mm-hmm. lose it? You know, and then that's an age old question. Is the, I'm just asking questions here. Is the answer to that yes? If you the posture of your heart changes again. And you, you know, you, ex- you seeking at one point and then that you basically enter into that relationship and then you turn away. I mean, is that, would that be losing it? I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting, cause you could argue with, did you ever really have it? Well, if you say that just by seeking, then you do have it to some degree and then you could turn away. Well, then you can lose it. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> what Je- I- Jesus said, and him that cometh to me. I will in no wise cast out. That's what, yeah. What I want people to know is that anything that you can do is not good enough. And so that is not a reason to not try, and it's also not a reason to stop trying. So I don't want people to get from this conversation that, well, uh, if the posture of my heart's right, I can still do this. I, I can still... This is really hard for me to break this homosexuality tendency, but the posture of my heart is right. Well, that would and, indicate and I, that the posture of your heart is probably not right. But, <laughs> I mean, pe- people can... Uh, this is confused. This is a can, can be a confusing yeah. Yeah. topic, this is, and yeah. I want you to know that it's never... The best you can do is never good enough, so always try to do better. You, you just... That, that's what you have to do. You have to try... To do the best that you can, and if that's the case, if that's what you've done, then there's nothing else. Well, that's that's also the rec- recognition that I don't think some people get is that you're not good enough. I think your th- works are not good enough. Anything about you, I mean, other than your work, I mean, like you can't do anything. Well, yeah, our <laughs> our works, our abilities are not good enough. But we, Jesus, lo- like right. It, it's oh, all we designed had a call that on, way to point you back to Christ. Yeah. On Resurrected the other night, um, the the lady asked, like, you know, she, she struggles with thinking she's not good enough, and she, she talked about how she was raised in church. And, um, you know, it's not that that we are not. We're, it's confusing. We're not, I mean, I see what you're Our I, works are not good enough, but Jesus loves us, and we are special to him so to think that we are filthy rags then jesus doesn't look at us as a filthy rag our works are it's basically like saying jesus deemed us worthy enough to die for yet we couldn't we can't do anything to yeah earn it i mean that's like i see what you're saying because you're i don't think you want to get people confused and saying that they're not worth it in in the sense that Maybe Jesus didn't die for them. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But, well, that's not the case. It's just that you can't earn it. Yeah. 
Well, let's move on to uh, another topic, but in this in the same genre, because I want to get y'all's opinion on it. I made a post the other day, and um, I made the the statement that not a single Christian on Instagram should have a private social media profile. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I was probably no. I'll go ahead and say I was wrong by that. I speak in absolutes. There are people um, that probably shouldn't have a public profile for for certain reasons. I would recommend to those people not even to be on social media because if you think your profile's protected because you're private or your information's oh, protected because you're private, that's you're, hilarious. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely wrong. But nonetheless, um, you know, my perspective on social media is that it can be used for many different things, whether it's business, whether it's uh, just showing your life, what you do, sharing with friends. It has many different uses. But for the servant of Christ, it should always have one. The overarching use of it would be to carry out, at least in some respects, the Great Commission. You have a tool. I don't think Christians get this. You have a tool that you can literally reach all nations with whatever you want to put out. You, you have this this unbelievable tool, right? And that should be your ultimate perspective of it. Now, a lot of people really, really got upset about the statement that I made. And a lot, probably the big, biggest argument was people claiming rights to their privacy. Then get off social media. Then. My privacy is my privacy, right? And I just got to thinking about it, man. And I thought, you know, when Jesus in Matthew 28 gives the great commission to the disciples and he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. What if the disciples would have said, but Jesus, what about my privacy? I'm not going to go out here and expose myself to the world. That, that's going to hate me, hassle me, and ultimately kill me and imprison me, I'm not going to expose myself to them because what, what about my privacy, right? It is, it is my belief that when you become a bondservant to Christ, you no longer have rights to your privacy. You, you, no. you don't have rights. Nothing, you, nothing is yours anymore. You don't have rights to your privacy, mm-hmm. right? You you have been set apart and called to go ye and teach all nations, okay? That's not a privacy thing. That means that you are going to expose yourself to the world. Mm-hmm. You are the only, you are one of the only humans on earth that has the truth, Right? You don't... Christ gives us so many times. He even gives it in parables. He gives it in... in why would you put put a lamp under a, 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 a daggone... Under a bushel? Like, why would you hide your... Why would you hide your light? He gives it in the parable of, of um, the, the rich ruler that, that basically has to travel away and he gives all of his servants one piece of money, right? And he comes back and the one servant says, hey, man, I invested this money, and I actually made 10 times 
the money that you left me with? And he said, all right, that's good. The other guy says, hey, man, I made five times. He said, all right, that's good. The other guy says, all right, I doubled the money you left me. And he says, all right, that's good. And then the one guy says, well, I, I knew you were you you were going to be mad at me if I lost this that you gave me, right? So I just held on to it. I just buried it and held on to it. Here's your money back. And what did that servant do? He, he cast him out. Y'all, know, y'all all know that parable if you read the Bible. I, I, I just don't think that you have rights to your privacy anymore. I, I, in, in light of the Great Commission, I feel like that's a, that argument is just a selfish, well, selfish argument. I mean, your privacy rights in, in what way? I mean, y- you want your privacy in other areas of life. In, in other words, I have a tool that a tangible tool we all have access to it that can be used to do what christ called us to do but i am not going to utilize that because of my privacy well i i reject the notion that just because something is available in the world that you live in today that you must use it I, i mean just stay in social media. There's plenty of social media platforms. You could have a. You could probably reach a lot more people if you got on Twitter. But you're not on Twitter. It's like I don't think you should be on Twitter. I mean, it doesn't like. I don't know. I mean, if you want to use Instagram, okay. And if you have a private profile because you think that's making you private, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, and I mean, I'm not on Instagram, and I, you know, so I've, I don't. Yeah, have, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You wish I was, but, uh, so I don't, I don't, uh, think there's a problem. And, I mean, and, and uh, Hey, but, I, but if you do, I don't, I mean, no, that's fine. Like, it, I just don't think that because something's available like that, that you have to be on it. I mean, by the, by the way, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying this is, might be something you should consider. Well, a private lifestyle can be dangerous as it relates to the gospel. Because then you're not, people aren't able to see who Jesus is. How are they ever going to see who Jesus is and what he's done in your life if you're so private that you're not willing to share that with people because it might, uh, you know, they might laugh at you or they might think you're crazy or whatever your reason is. A private lifestyle can be very dangerous and detrimental to the, to the gospel. It's, you know, we, I've talked before about like short circuiting God's plan. If if He blesses you or gives you or does something for you, or whatever, that reveals who He is to other people, and you don't share it with them, then you've just short circuited the plan. It it's not for you. He didn't give you the things you have, or you didn't. You're not living the life you're living because He wants you to be comfortable, or He wants you to be happy, or any of that stuff. It's all. To bring glory to his name and all through the old testament when he's promising these big material things and land and all of that stuff that he promises to abraham and all of that is so that people can see who god is and so when like uh, the rich young ruler when he told him you know go sell all of your things and and that you know he asked what what do i have to do to enter the kingdom and he says go sell all your things and give it to the poor and if you read on you see the disciples or they're like shocked by that, right? I mean, they're like surprised. They're like, "What? What is going on? Why did you tell him that?" But if you think the disciples, 
are in the Old Testament mindset because the New Testament hasn't been written yet. So they're, they're in the Old Testament mindset thinking, well, all throughout the Old Testament, God is telling these people, if you do this right, I'll give you these things. I'll give you these material possessions. And so they're shocked when he tells them this, but it was his attachment to those things. And I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I got <laughs> off on a tangent. Well, I mean, I just struggle with the notion of like you, you were obligated to use social media because it's available. I just struggle with that. Well, I mean, it, that, and that's fine. I, mean, I think that's... there's a lot of negatives to it. Um, you know, undoubtedly there is, you could make it a positive, say that by, you know, sharing. I, 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 and, and, and when we'll just say, you know, a, a big part of my making the statement that I made is that Christians are overwhelmingly silent on social media and, and all you hear or see out of most Christians on social media is a, a comment on a post they agree with that says, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. I know where I was going was that everything he gives us is for his name's sake. Yeah. In the Old Testament, the things he gave were to show his glory. And it's the same thing today. So when you live a private lifestyle and you don't do that, you don't allow other people to see the glory of God in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I'm so all or nothing too that I don't, this isn't some good argument. I'm just trying to ask a question. Could you argue that if you had a social media and you only posted about Christ, you know, once a year, that it's... It's better than nothing. Well, okay, better than nothing, but 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 you're also failing because you had the opportunity to do it way more. I mean, is that what you're saying? Could you say it's the posture of your heart? <laughs> I don't know. I just... The social media thing, man. Yeah, man. And, and I hate it. So there are a lot of Christians on social media. They're overwhelmingly silent. And most of them will complain about the the culture of social media and how yeah. toxic and negative it is. And I'm like, well, that's because that's because you guys aren't interjecting anything into into it. You're just you're just why are you even on here? The private like, the private thing is funny because so whether whether it pertains to social media, whether it pertains to how you live your life, you you your day-to-day -day life, you you don't have the rights to your privacy. And and that that is that is my belief, man. I think you got to flesh that out too for what you mean by that because you're not okay with losing a lot of your privacy in your I mean in your home. Like, you know what I'm saying? People are going to take that to the full extent of what you're saying. Like, by what What do you mean by... Like, do you want people to know your address? Yeah. That's privacy. Yeah, give out your address. I mean, that's privacy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, like, guess, I guess you would have to define privacy. I think you'd have to define what you mean by that. Basically, that doesn't mean you... By, by, what, by what people are... I, I think what people are saying is... Um, I don't want to put myself out there uh, because I don't want to get hassled, right? I think I think that's what it boils down to in in how I'm defining it. I'm not going to put myself out there because I don't want to get hassled, mm -hmm. man. Right, so I guess that's the best that's way to you answer mean, your question. Just, yeah, yeah. You don't exactly. want to open yourself up to ridicule or 
persecution exactly. or, or, or loss of business revenue yeah. or yeah. whatever it may be. Right. That's what it boils down to. People think they have the right to withhold what they believe or feel called to do because it might jeopardize their business or, and you don't, and you're saying you don't have the right to do that essentially, or you're not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they think that would be better. They think I'll live a better life if I don't share this because I will be able to avoid these things that I think are bad mm-hmm. when really it's not even the case. It's not the case at all. That even in our business, you know, like you mentioned, the loss of revenue, um, people told us that we should not, I heard it in your video, that we should not put our faith into our business. But we've also seen a lot of business because of our faith. So while it might make logical sense to take it out, we see that by putting it in, we got we, we got business. We were blessed for that. We we have provision. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It, so which is which is really all Christ wants you to have. Yeah, that's all it, you need. He wants you. It, that's that's all he promises you is daily provision. Yep. Daily provision. That's it. So. Well, I had a bunch of other stuff I was going to talk about, but I don't think it'll, any of it will fit into the context of this conversation. So we'll save all all the um, entrepreneurship mindset stuff for uh, for another episode. Save all that salad for another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, we would ask that you please share the show with someone out there. That's the only way it grows. We don't um, really promote the show and pay for promotion and all this stuff. It's by word of mouth, which is the way we want it. And um, if you want to support the show, join us on Patreon. That is where we have Resurrected, which is three calls a month on Sunday nights where we go in-depth in some pretty good faith-based conversation we got an awesome group over there that support this podcast and we appreciate you guys the last thing that you could do is support the companies that support this podcast we have a very select few number of partners that help out here at 307 project uh one of them being hoist you guys have heard me talk about hoist on here before they've been an awesome awesome partner uh, it is IV level hydration. This is our hydration supplement here at 307 Project. We do a lot of running. You know, I do a lot of sauna training. We sweat a lot. And uh, it's important for us to have some good hydration. So here looking at Hoist, it has 70 calories per bottle, 430 milligrams of sodium, 14 carbohydrates. It's got calcium, 130 milligrams, potassium, 260, mm. magnesium, 20 uh, and it doesn't have any preservatives. We found that out the other yeah. day. Um, it tastes awesome, and it has a lot less sugar than your other sports drinks, hydration-type supplements, only 13 grams of sugar in this bottle of hoist right here, and that's cane sugar, by the way. So we love them. They, got a great miss. Uh, they have a great mission. Uh, they support our service members our military, and uh, they're just all-around great people with an awesome product that actually works. Yep. So check out Hoist on their website. 
Uh, I'll attach it in the show notes of this episode along with a pro code that will give you guys a discount off your order with Hoist. Get you a couple cases. We got a couple cases here. We just keep them around the office. And, um, yeah, check them out. Support the companies that support this podcast. Enough said.